Footy's back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 005 of the T-Better's Bulletin Podcast. As always, I'm T-Better, and I'm joined by our semi-regular guest. He's probably the hardest-working dude in fantasy footy. Jeffa, how you going, mate? Good, buddy. I wouldn't know about hardest work, and I think Warning takes that Ah, uh, he reckons he does. Look, you broke the site the other day. I think I have almost 90,000 views in the first day of your rookie guide. That must have taken an age. Yeah, it was a lot of late nights for about a week straight. And uh, I suppose if I told you how many hours I spent on it, you wouldn't believe me. But I'll, I'll tell you off there later on. Obviously, nothing nothing at work on, on Dream Team. All working hard all the time. Oh, I know my boss isn't listening to this. So <laughs> yeah, uh, probably the majority of Friday was just that last minute reshuffle, seeing what works, what doesn't. And uh, yeah, finally locked it away at about four o'clock and probably aged 10 years in, in that single day as well. Exactly. So how are you feeling rolling into lockout? Are you happy with your team? Yeah, there's some certain weak points. One, McDonough. Yeah. Um, the structure I went with, I wanted to play one rookie in the forward line and went with McDonough, um, who let me down. And uh, that's oh, okay. Yeah. We can we can rectify these things. And I've gone from McDonough in a fantasy real dream team and super coach so yeah, I've got I've got the triple whammy there um, but no I scored 1031 with, from 11 players and no captain um, a real dream team which isn't great not as good as I'd liked and uh, had 941 from 9 but captain played in fantasy so. yeah that's good that's right up there so yeah, yeah I was pretty similar 1332 from 13 in AFL fantasy so pretty much on par there a little bit behind you in um in AFL Fantasy, Benio was my captain, and I loopholed him, and I was happy with that. But uh, I'm quite happy with my dream team as well. I think we're almost on par there as well, so 9.48 from 10. No captain, though, and I think we'll talk about that later. I'll need your advice to, to help me um, to pick one there. Look, how good was the footy, just before we end the oh, fantasy footy? Yeah. How good was it to watch those games in the weekend? It was good to have it back. It was a lot of you know a lot of good games, two big upsets, and, um, yeah, it's always... Uh, Always good to have footy back in, in that contest. It, it felt like finals footy, a Friday night game anyway. I thought a lot of the Collingwood and Freer players are throwing their body at the ball. GRS had nothing to lose and they just went out, you know, all guns blazing and did very, very well. Gold Coast trumps Richmond and finals of Richmond support, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd be... Very upset and very worried with my team's performance. Not a great record there for Richmond. Nothing, no, nothing they've got a bit of a bogey team. But uh, And then, yeah, Port Adelaide. Good running team. Um, good to see young Polek do well and um, close to BOG in the game. So, yeah, a lot to like from this round. Plenty of future DT stars there on show. And um, I'm sure over the next couple of years we'll have a, a few of them. Kinigley on Trelora, once I was looking at We'll talk about them soon because yeah. I'm very, very pumped with, uh, with how they went and how their season's going to look. Anyway, let's get uh, straight into the game-by-game recap. Uh, we won't normally do this, but we've only got the four games, so let's get straight into it. Okay, so on Friday night we had Collingwood versus Fremantle. It was over by just before three-quarter time, actually, and uh, probably you might want to kick this one off. I think there was a guy on there that you might particularly like. 105 yeah, points. Yeah, Tommy Langdon did well, didn't he? Yeah, made, very made well. Me look, made me look credible, but um, no, he played very well. And uh, a very, I unfortunately missed the boat and put him in as emergency, even in my, in my real dream team and fantasy. And rookie uh, error, yeah. Rookie error, big error. I, was, I thought he'd be good for a 60, and, yeah. I, and with my other rookies there, I... I didn't put the E on him, but um, yeah, no, he did very well. 20 kicks, uh, 
What do you have? Four handballs, six marks, five tackles. Very fantasy friendly. I was the same as you. I had him uh, on my bench ready to go, and once I heard he wasn't the sub, I thought, well, we nothing. You can't take anything for granted. So I chucked him on the field, and I'm very, very happy with his 105 on debut. He had a 111 super coach as well, which indicates obviously that he had a, a decent game. wasn't just a you know kick and hide that sort of thing. And uh, according to the Fancy Freako, it's the sixth highest DT score on debut since 2010. And not bad, eh? Yeah, not bad. One of the guys who did actually beat that was Michael Barlow, who you're pretty pumped with this oh, year. Oh, yeah, no, he missed a consistent. Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't good. I Again, with the Friday reshuffle, late-minute reshuffle, he just missed the cut, but um, I'm regretting that choice a bit. He had 29 touches, 7 marks, 9 tackles, and a goal. Not bad, eh? 134 points. Interesting, I, I didn't really consider him uh, for the free hit, which I probably should have, because he's actually averaged 118 against the Pies coming into that game. That's over yeah, wow. three or four games, and obviously he uh, surpassed that quite easily. He reminds me of... A Prittis, like a super Prittis. You know, Prittis you can bank on between 85 and 105 points a game. Yep. Barlow takes it to the next level. He's 95 to 115 every game of the year. So, look, if you've got him, yeah, awesome pick. And if you haven't, then he's probably the first guy on your upgrade watch. Uh, what about Nat Five? Sold out 64 Dream Team points. Yeah, he wasn't happy about it, was he? He, said, <laughs> he gave the, the, uh, the guy down on the bench a funny look. But, um, look, it's a long season, obviously, and... He's had it in, you know, he hasn't had the smoothest of pre-seasons with his knee, so safety first, the game was over, you know, it made sense, and uh, yeah. I think he had 102 super coach points in three quarters. That's a massive output. He'll get round low votes for that, and he only played, what, less than three quarters of a game. Yeah, so. That was awesome, so. He, um, he'll be another one to watch, I, and I really am considering him for uh, fantasy round two now. See, I've always seen Fife as more of a, of a super coach, even though he can't kick it, and once he can, watch out, but I've always seen him as more of an impact player than a, a just... Uh, a stat accumulator, you reckon he's still good to go? Oh, I think as, a, as a mid, obviously as a forward, <coughs> he'd be he great looks, to have again. He looks bigger, stronger. Um, he got a lot of hard ball on the weekend, or on Friday night, sorry. And uh, no, nah, he, he's on the improve. He just looked like a, he looked like a different player. Yeah, I like him. He's in my top 10 favourite players. Some of the usual suspects just did what they always do. We had Pendles with 122. Beamer, under the radar, but still pumped out 122. He's, he's great to watch. And Dane Swan only had the 97, but he's looking slim. Yeah, he looked fit. And, you know, he, he warmed up into it. It wasn't his greatest game from a fantasy or dream team point of view, but he still had 27 touches and a goal. So uh, he never he's never been a big tackler. No, he hasn't. He can't be bothered with and, that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, when you consider Beams and Pendles had nine tackles each and he only had the two, well... You know, that's where you're just getting hurt on the score. But, you know, if you probably scored another 8 or 9, if you got 108, 110, we will take that. Oh, it's, it's, a, good, know, it's, it's a good sign if he gets 97 and he didn't look like he played that yeah, well. Yeah, and know. considering the Pies got thumped as well, and there was not a lot of ball for him to win um, or, you know, link up with his teammates. That's true. Um, you know, it, it was a bit of a harder task. So uh, you had him as your vice-captain loophole as well. You won't be taking that score? No. Uh, from Swanee, no. From Swanee, no. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. no. I, um, not happy with 97 either. So. No, I'm going to lock in Stevie J, I reckon. It's Skilled Stadium. I know uh, Brent Sanderson will probably tag him, with, you know, being a past coach and all. But uh, I reckon he'll go nuts at Skilled Stadium. And, yeah, he's locked in for my captain for Real Dream Team. He's always the guy for that. I haven't decided on mine, and I'll get your thoughts on that later. Uh, other notes from the game, Sandy... Yeah, solid, 110, 39 hit-outs, you know, average day out. Grundy and Wicks found it tough, as you would expect. Um, 
I'm surprised Collingwood didn't pick Hudson just for that brute yeah. force and just to he would have roughed Sandy up a bit and, and you know made him a bit sore, but they elected to go the other way, which is fine. Yeah. I um, thought I thought that was on the cards as well because they did upgrade him to the senior list just uh, leading into round one. But, yeah, uh, went with wits instead, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit bizarre. Yeah, I think it'll still be a surprise, really. Yeah, just on Grundy, um, you picked him as well. 88 points was a great return against Sandy as well. So look, he could do big things this year, get around the ground a, a lot more than probably traditional ruckman. Yeah, so both for the free hit and real dream team, I've gone with Grundy and Sandy as my rucks. And the theory behind that was uh, I always trade in my rucks every year. And yeah, given, yeah. And given we got no backup, so Miles will start with two two that were earning money. I mean, everyone's got Sandy, but I thought um, you know Grundy was underpriced a little bit. So I've gone with him, but coming back to um, his performance, he, he ran around, he got a lot of um, link-up, or, or you know, won a lot of the contested ball as well. 14 touches, 9 tackles. So, yeah, he's not going to get 9 tackles every week, obviously, but at least he's got the capability of doing something like that. So I'm pretty happy with him. Yeah, he ran around as the extra midfielder. Someone who uh, didn't even look like an AFL player was Travis Cloak. Very disappointing effort. Just a 35 Dream Team point. So we have to remember it was against the best defence in the competition. Yeah, and they double teamed him the whole night. With um, Wits not much of a, a target and, and Grundy neither when he was resting forward. It was uh, it was pretty easy for the freer. I saw Michael Johnson pick off his player, <laughs> just peel off his player and, and um, clog up the space. So, yeah, Trav had a hard day out, but um, it's happened before with Cloakie. We've seen these sort of scores from before. So, um Unfortunately, he just needs some help, and hopefully, when Reed and Jesse White come back, he should sort of see his scores improve. Well, there's a big, big sound from the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty giant. Alrighty, now on to the, one of the uh, biggest upsets of the year already in round one. When uh, GWS picked the old Swannies, and uh, yeah, quite a surprise, but coming down to the fantasy side of things, Caniglio and Trelaw. 130 and 124 respectively. Not, Woo! <laughs> not bad, eh? Not bad. Um, yeah, they were quite yeah. impressive with their hunt for the footy and, and, and their tenacity around the contest. I thought they smashed them into clearances. They beat the Swans in their, at their own game effectively, especially in that second half. Absolutely. In soggy conditions, to get 130 and 124 points you know, each, that's uh, quite a good effort. And yeah, both of them are in my uh, both of my draft league, so I'm a very, oh, very nice. happy coach at the moment. Yeah, I drafted for youth this year, so <laughs> it's good, good to see him come through. Not bad. Yeah, and then we had uh, Big Money show, oh, yeah. showing his, uh, showing his or throwing his weight around, and he finished with 110, 45 hitouts, and that was just after eight Dream Team points in the first quarter. Yeah, I was worried about that because he's another one in my draft league, and I was like, geez, man, I'd like at least do something to sort of back up what they ended up paying you in the end instead of Buddy, but no, he was great for the last three quarters and he could actually push for Brownlow votes. Uh, interesting to see that Giles was actually played down forward despite sitting down back and, and for much of the pre-season. I think they're trying to do everything they can to keep him out of the ruck and just let Mummy do his thing and, and, and Giles still stay there for the relief, but stay out of his way uh, quite a bit. Yeah, he was back up ruck, wasn't he? But uh, interestingly, they, they didn't go with um, Tommy Boyd, number one draft pick from last year. I just think he's a better suited, obviously, full forward than Giles. But, he, I mean, Boyd can pinch it in the ruck. He's not a big build, and that's not, they might be protecting him in that sense. Yeah, but, I think um, he, was, um, he was underdone, um, and, that's, and they interviewed him on the footy show um, coming into that game, and he said, yeah, I'm not even pushing for round one. He's looking at round two, so... Hopefully, he gets so the I Look, I think that Giles is going to be in and out of the team, depending on injuries. But, um, yeah, hopefully we get to see big Tommy Boyd play. 
What about the rest of the rookies? Yeah, we well we had uh, Cunningham sixty nine after uh, he had that score at three quarter time, and then yeah, didn't add in the last quarter after I copped a few tweets from uh, Warney and Lefty saying, <laughs> "Look at this bloke." I actually left him out of my um, my real dream team because of the extra seven grand. I, I traded into Matty Crouch on that Friday afternoon, one of my last minute shuffles, and uh, yeah, no, he played all right. He, he did he did some good things. He was. Um, Obviously selected over Ryan O'Keefe. Yeah, that was very interesting. And that's why I stayed away from him, just because they can't all fit in there. So obviously Ryan O'Keefe missed out this week, you know, allegedly for his matchup. What about next week when, you know, they do find a matchup for him and then Cunningham maybe doesn't? So Yeah, it's a bit of a shaky ground. Look, I think they're going by the look of the side on the weekend. They're looking towards the future. Yeah. and that just doesn't come down to um, Cunningham. It comes down to Rowan, who had a 50, yeah. and um, a few of the younger guys there with um, Sammy Reid and, and uh, Rampy, etc. But, um, yeah, come back to Rowan, a 50 score from him, which is probably doesn't surprise many. Yeah. I hope he was back up for most. Um, and then Labor, 55, did his job and looks to be holding his spot after I thought he'd be on shaky ground from a selection point of view every Thursday. But uh, with Alex Johnson doing his knee again yeah, and LRT true. tweaking a groin, I think he's uh, he's in the team for the short term anyway. Yeah, well, I've added him just for his job security because I heard about the Alex Johnson news before um, full lockout of that game. So I chucked him in there down back just for a heartbeat at a, a D8 for the whole season because I do think he can pump out just between, you know, 35 to 60 points a game and you know slowly go up in value but uh, be there as a nice little bench option Rowan um, 50 and 55 points between these two guys look that's to be expected I'll, we don't think they're going to be great scorers and it was in wet conditions and you know they're our third tall type players so look I'm happy with those guys I had them both on the bench and um, that's probably where they'll they'll stay for you know all things going the right way that's probably where they'll go uh, John Patton, he had 73 points and was yeah. around about 200k. What, what's your thoughts? No, he kicked three goals as a presence, did his job, and um, fired up in that, with that last one he kicked on the goal. Oh, he was happy, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. crumbing as well. He wasn't just taking marks. Oh, he, he can great. move. I mean, the modern-day footballer, you know, they're big, tall, and they can run, you know, like Olympic athletes. So, uh, you know, he did his job. He's not going to get that every week, but, but, you know, as long as he gets confidence and... Uh, moves forward and he's had a hard run so far so good luck to the kid absolutely and someone uh, not short on confidence off the field is uh, <laughs> Buddy Franklin he had just a 52 and it's just it's ended well I guess it's the culmination of a pretty average preseason for him on and off the field uh, only the seven disposals I'm glad I stayed he away from a nice him. goal though from oh, outside 50 yeah that was about the only <laughs> in the thing first quarter you think oh here we go he's on target but um, a lot of Maybe a few would have had him in his um, in their fantasy teams with a free hit, but uh, he's definitely stayed away from my, out of my real dream team. But someone else I had in my real dream team that was disappointing was McVeigh. Oh, you didn't like his 83? No. Not enough for you? No, I was, I was really annoyed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting at least 100, but I did have Titchell. I was happy with his 93. And one I left out and I really wanted him was Luke Parker as well. He played more in the midfield than he probably has in the past and I think he'll rotate there more and that's coming back with Ryan O'Keefe out I think you'll see Luke Parker in the midfield more yep I'm happy with that um, Parker was the one I just had to leave out for for monetary purposes but I do I do like him um, his eye was I guess a, a good reason for yeah, yeah there's eye issues and that was for me 
it let me choose between a 50-50, so I left him out, but he's definitely someone on the upgrade target as a midfielder because... And round two for fantasy, I suppose? Oh, yeah, obviously. Um, I'm really looking at Gunston as well at the same spot. Oh, so wow. Yeah, we'll see what happens with um, him this weekend, but uh, I think those, those two are fighting for um, a spot at uh, F3 or F4. Alright, into the second game of the doubleheader now, Gold Coast versus Richmond. Now, there's one guy, obviously, that everyone's looking at, and that's Gary Ablett. 141, no Jackson tag, and he didn't even look like he, um, he got the 40 possessions that he got. How, what's your thoughts on Ablett? Yeah, he quietly went about it from my point of view as well. I, I hardly noticed him. I was more looking at Prestier and Swallow and Amira, and uh, yeah, oh. Harry, um, sorry, Gary, not Harry, Gary bobbed up for all 41 touches, but... Yeah, no, very obviously did his job look very good. Kicked two goals, which bumps up his score pretty high, and he, he gets up to that top echelon of a one forty and a in both one forty one in DT and one forty in supercoach. Guess he's the victim of his own sort of standards there because one hundred forty ish supercoach as well. That's uh, that's not a small game. That's you know a, a game that's pretty at pretty massive. And he was my supercoach captain, by the way, so I'm happy with that. Look, uh, he wasn't um. He wasn't on his own there at the top end of scoring. There was Cochin with 127, Delio 132, you know, Dusty got around it at times for his 100 points, and these are all pretty relevant dudes. So you know, it was quite a it was quite a free flowing game. Richmond seemed to want to play that fast and lose top of footy, and I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of high scores uh, from Richmond and the teams that play him this year. Yeah, I, with, the problem with Richmond was that just ran out of leaks and wine. But, um, they they did play that possession game. It was a bit of up and down footy. Uh, but yeah, no, they've got a lot of relevant players. It's just one game, guys. Even though it was against the Gold Coast, I, I'm, I'd still be annoyed just because of the the, the um, attitude in that second half from some of the, even Cochin. I mean, he, he does all he can, but he's got to have more voice, in my opinion. And that and that's fantasy aside. But Delidio as well. They've just got to put their bodies on the line a little more, and um, and hopefully they can bring their season back on track. Yeah, you're right. There was a couple of body uh, language issues there. And one moment of the game that summed it up for me was when Jack Rewalt ran straight into a, a tackle, but from, head down. Yeah, yeah from, got pinned by Razor Ray. I thought that was from awesome. young Clay Cameron in his first game. He, he did a pretty good job, but uh, yeah, no, Jack's Jack's got his uh, uh, attitude issues or what do you call oh, it? Oh, yeah. on on the, he's the new Richo. Yeah. Look, just on Clay Cameron, uh, he had 34 points. What were your thoughts on him and some of the other? Rookies? Yeah, look, he did his job. Um, Obviously, not going to be a big fantasy scorer yeah. as, a, as a fullback, soon half back, and he's just going to chuck his fist on the footy and spoil. But uh, he played really well. Jeez, guy McKenna, sorry, had, a, <laughs> had, um, had his measure and spoke about how good he was after the game. Thought Sean Lemons did his, uh, his job as well at, in a back pocket and played, you know, really well. Only scored the 42 Dream Team points, but for, you know, fantasy aside, he, he was a good performer. Uh, who else do we have here? You got Matt McDonough. Obviously, we've talked about him already. Oh, yeah. Just, just the thirty-nine. That was um, a little bit disappointing because his preseason had been pretty good up at that point, and he looked like a guy that they wanted to get the ball in the hands of, along with Dusty across the halfback flank. But you know, I, it was a good sign that he wasn't subbed off. It, it means that he can hold his spot for the second game. But um, yeah, he did a lot of good that. things. He, he didn't have any marks, which didn't help. I mean, but he still did a couple of really good things. He's got good closing speed and. And, you know, threw his body at the footy more than some of the other, or a lot of the other of his teammates. So, yeah, look, he's 39 stung. I started him in Dream Team and yeah, uh, Fantasy. So, 
it hurt a little bit, but one bloke I was stoked with, except for the end result, was uh, Ben Griffiths, 73, in just less than three quarters, thinking, yeah, he's flying, taking awesome grabs, second lead up forward. He was and on Vickery's fire, yeah. a spud, very lots of spud, and then they still sub out bloody Griffiths. Couldn't believe it. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? Um, yeah, he was great. He's my emergency this week, so if... Um, someone doesn't get up in my, my defenders, then I'll get that that score, and that's quite nice. And he should be scoring, you know, up and around there, up until um, Marich comes back with his, I guess, rock forward capabilities. That's pretty awesome. The high-profile uh, rookie that we haven't talked about yet, and this is probably who we should have started off with, but Jack Mann, only the six points. This must hurt you, because that AC uh, shoulder injury... Four months out, or up to four months out. That's 16 weeks of footy, that's not a great return. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate for the young guy because he was touted, and I told you before we started tonight, that um, uh, he was favourite for the Rising Star this year. And um, I put a pineapple on Brady Grundy qualifiers, playing under 10 games. So I'm, You're I'm, a happy bloke. I'm, yeah. I'm slightly happier, but um, look, yeah, it's disappointing for Jack. A lot of people would have had him, you know, along the lines, you know, a select few, I think, anyway. He, his price put me off, and I didn't have him, but... It's just, you want to see the good players play, especially the good young players, but we'll just have to wait a little bit longer and see what he can do. But look, I think the story of the night for me, and it stung me a little bit in some of my selections, was David Swallow. Um, 114 dream team points. Looked awesome, but more importantly, had a midfield role. That's it. it. He actually spent a lot of time off the half-forward flank. Kicked, um, Kicked one goal, four, and for me, that's just a great indication that he's not going anywhere well. In this particular game, he wasn't near the back line. And I guess with um, Jasney coming back soon, uh, we think that might be uh, another indication that he's going to push up the ground. Just on Jasney quickly. Yeah. 45 touches in the knee foot. I've heard on this. Yeah, this is quite awesome. This is Fair great news. So, look, Broughton... I thought he'd be ahead of Broughton, but um, he's a bit underdone this pre Broughton was good. Yeah, no, Broughton was good. Old school D tier. Um, I don't know how Colin Jasny is going to fit in the side, but look out for him. Well, I was going to mention that possibly Sean Lemons. I know they're not the same type of player, but with a bit of rejigging, I mean, he's probably the the weakest link in their their back line in terms of job security. But I guess we'll we'll see what happens in the the coming days. But back back to Spitter Swallow. Oh, at his price, 380k, he you looks like he can... Yeah, you do have to have him. Um, I've already locked in my first trade for Real Dream Team. I'm oh, like, yeah, you don't have him, that's No, right, I don't no. have him for Real Dream Team. I elected not to go with him. I went um, the third premium instead of that mid-pricer. So just on that, will you wait to the end of our... Just after round two to do that, before the price? Yeah, no, I, won't, I won't trade in round two. There's no point doing that with the limited trades, 30 trades. But coming on to round three, he'll be in there at yeah. some point. Assuming he doesn't have a man in round two. Good call. Get on Spitter if you don't have him. We got the power to win. Power to roll. Come on. Aggression. We are the power from now for the last game where uh, Port Adelaide overran the Carlton Blues, 120 to 87. We had some really high scores from some of the uh, Port Adelaide crew. We had the second year of Ollie Wines. How's this? 136 dream team points. Absolutely dominated in the centre. Kane Corns, another veteran, consistent, 128. The Hoff, 113, for, including five goals. Did pretty well. And um, another favourite son in probably the forward line this year was Chad Winger. Sold 100, and he didn't kick a goal. Didn't he? Oh, yeah, that, and that, you know, that, impre- that, that got my attention. So he had a couple of goals in there every week, and he should 
I think Wingard will average 100. Yeah, under the radar, 100 points. I was kind of surprised, but um, you know, looking at looking at your stats after the game, you can see how he got there. Other guys to mention as well, Cade Simpson with 84 in the back line. He was quite solid. Murphy with 89, which is probably where we see him around for most of the season. And, and Brad Ebert, one of uh, my boys, not in a nice <laughs> way, with 100 points there, doing what he does best. But going back to Kane Corns, He's a machine. I just mentioned before to you that um, my younger brother said he was going to pick him this year, and I said, "Mate, don't go there. He's old as dirt. You're not going to, I'm going to get the return back from him." But 128 points, needless to say, got the text. And he's a good so, point of difference, isn't he? Obviously. He is. Yeah, he's just a machine. 12 marks. So that's obviously him outworking his opponent both ways, getting around the ground. He's averaged 90 plus in eight of his nine last seasons, and that one season where he didn't was, I think, the only one he didn't play 22 games in, and that's when I. Uh, when Primus was trying to get him out the door. So, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, so massive, massive return from Arcane Corns and a good little, yeah, unique if you've got him. But down to Loby. Yeah, he was one of my favourites all pre-season. He was in my I, team as well, yeah. I didn't go with him in the end. He had 83, 28 hit-outs, and that, you know, without playing with Renouf as well, they elected to go the, the sole ruckman in Loby. So, look, it was a pretty solid performance. He, he's a little underdone. He, he will improve a lot. So I wouldn't be too worried if you have him at the minute. Yeah, I, I, I'll, the uncertainty with um, with Renouf sort of lent me away from him, and I've gone for another option at the moment. But 28 hitouts wasn't his best return, and he'll he'll smash that against other teams. But yeah. his opponent for most of the day, this is a little bit of a surprise, but I guess if we looked at the team sheets, we probably would have thought differently, was Warnock, uh, rather than Cruiser, who had just the 59 points. Do you see that continuing for the rest of the season? Yeah, well, he played mostly forward, didn't he? Warnock was the number one ruckman, and he's a true ruckman, yep. um, where Cruiser's more versatile forward, so I understand why they've done it. I still think Cruiser's a better number one ruck, or a, a true ruckman. Um, but yeah, Cruiser only had the 13 hit-outs. You know, he, he built in the second part of the of the Nab Challenge in the pre-season, so... He's probably going to improve a little bit, but um, I think Mulder said after the game that he is a ruckman, but we need him to play it for. Yeah, I think he's a little bit underdone too, based on some pre-season reports. Um, had some surgery and come back slowly from that. But you know, I think Cruiser could average easily 100 points like as a sole ruckman, but as you say, Warnock's there and he's, and he's doing his thing. Another one with an underdone pre-season, Daisy Thomas, uh, 65 points, although he had 42 in the first half and missed a couple of goals and ran out of puff. You said early, in an early pre-season uh, episode of the Bulletin that you will stay away from him. Are you happy with that decision? Yeah, pretty happy. He, he will improve again, I, I, no doubt on that, but he, amongst that current side, not, yeah, he, oh, look, he, he's not going to be consistent in my eyes, especially yeah, after that performance. Even when he gains full fitness, oh, I, just, he, I, don't, I just don't like it. That, and that 350 price, if I was going to pick someone at around 350 or thereabouts... I would have picked uh, Jackson McRae without Paul Lean Shields. I do like those mid-range picks. How about the rookies? Um, there's one in particular you mentioned off the top of the show. Jared Pollock. Yes. He was pretty good. Look, he wasn't BOG, but I reckon he was bloody close. And uh, that crummy, he rode the ball off the pack there and kicked that beautiful goal. That was one of the best highlights from the game. Um, he looks very confident, young chap, and um, he's loving his footy. And uh, Ken Hinckley said, yeah. said after the game, nothing but praise for him. He'll be a consistent performer with you guys. So, if, look, I hope you've all got him. Um, another young fellow in his first game for the power was um, Impey, 53, back pocket roll. 
played on um, Jeffy Gull, kicked into one goal, and I thought played really, really yeah, well. Yeah, I that. thought he was really good under pressure. There was a, there was a few times where they played Gull one out, and he stood tall and did his job. And then Young Cleary again. I, I think I mentioned him before. Um, solid half back, back pocket, third tall type, 28. Uh, nothing, no surprises there. Like Clay Cameron from the Gold Coast, his job is just to spoil the footy and get, get his fist on the ball and um, beat his opponent. So, pretty impressed. I've got Impey as my uh, eight forward at the minute. Yeah. So, um, I'm happy with that decision. I, I, that was the only change I made over the whole weekend from my initial team. Um, I took Zach Merritt out on the, on the chance that he wasn't going to play in. Went with MP after I knew he wasn't going to get the vest, and um, yeah, pretty happy. Yeah, yeah I, I did the same thing with uh, JKH, who obviously plays for Melbourne. I thought I top, I had him in there, and then once I saw that MP wasn't the sub, chucked him in just for the the safe, you know, fifty points a game he's going to get. So all those scores from the rookies, I think, were pretty expected on par. And um, look, based on the way they all played, I mean, Pollock's obviously going to play next week, but I think MP and Cleary will both hold their spots as long as uh, they haven't got a, those uh, tools coming back, um, which would be the, obviously the Yeah, the I love Just with Cleary, there's a bit of a question mark over that. You might push him out, but um, I wouldn't expect it to happen. After the, such a great win, I don't think it will happen in round two, maybe down the track, but uh, I think Impy is a back pocket. The, the power don't have many small defenders, so um, expect Impy to play a lot of the season. Awesome. Alright, looking ahead to the second week of round one now, and there's obviously a few issues that we will have with our teams and, and things that we need to get right. Uh, least of all is the rookies who you know, hopefully get named, but you know, if they do and if they don't, we have a lot of uh, decisions to make. I'm going to flip over to you now because you're the rookie master. What do you have to tell me? Well, uh, Brad Scott today said Leaky Donald there's no certainty, and I, I don't believe that. I think he's just trying to play him down a little bit. I think Luke Donald will definitely play. Yeah, and um, you should be locking him in any back line somewhere. So, uh, look, I could be wrong, and they could throw a selection surprise. But um, if he doesn't play, we've got other options in Langford, who who most would know from the preseason, did very very well, scored that ton. Um, I think it was game two That's of right, the yeah. challenge, and um, is more than worthy of a backup bench spot or even a starting position. You know, at, at D six. So, there's a couple of good options there that we should all be looking at. Then others in, in the back line, Tippett and Giorgio got um, both upgraded to the senior lists today for their respective clubs. Yep. Tippett, I wouldn't expect massive scores from him. He's like a Clay Cameron and a Tom Cleary, so he, I'd stay away from him. Giorgio, on the other hand, is a bit more versatile and mobile and will get a few cheap mark kicks. So um, if you're going to look for that cheap 98 grander, in real dream team anyway, uh, yeah, Giorgio's a man. Yeah, and obviously he plays for a guy called uh, Paul Ruse, who has brought a sort of a, a nice little kick mark sort of um, mentality to the Demons, and he could obviously be one of the guys across half-back who, who taps into that, along with guys like Turlick and, and Clisby if he gets a game. Well, Eli Templeton was another one who got upgraded during the week, and he obviously plays for... St Kilda, what's your thoughts? Sub, sub material, you think? He's a sub risk, but not necessarily. With all their on ballers out, Jack yeah. Stephen, Lenny Hayes, Lee Montagna for round one anyway. You know, Templeton's an in and under type. He, he may avoid the vest in round one, but later down the track. He's a good little fighter, you know, he's a good little tussler from Tassie and uh, did pretty well last year. Just got overlooked in the draft and was picked third, three in the rookie draft, and the Saints were stoked to get him. So, um, yeah, he'll he'll have a he'll, I think he'll play along with um, 
Jack Billings and then Big Lukey we'll get to in a sec but um, yeah no Templeton I there's just uh, too many other good options in the midfield side so yeah look so with the defenders I want to get locked down McDonald if, if he plays he's number one then you would say, would you go Langford, then Giorgio, and that to, order? To prioritise, yeah, yeah, exactly that order. McDonald first, even at his inflated price, given he's a high draft pick. Then definitely Langford, and then Giorgio. Yeah, yeah based on their scoring ability and job yes. securities. Okay, uh, you mentioned Colin Jasny before, 45 touches in the apple. One thing I'll, I'll try to look at, and if, uh, if McDonald didn't play, and this is a super coach consideration for me, I had Langdon sitting there as my emergency, and I was looking at ways to get him in, and I thought, oh, well, you know, is doing pretty well in the, in the reserves. He'd probably play around two. I'll chuck him in there, but obviously we're past the use by date yeah. for that. And Someone did tweet me during the week with that, and they said, look, who's not playing round one? Young cheapy, young rookie, who will be playing round two? Straight away, without hesitation, college jersey. And that was before he, hit, he got the 45 touches on the weekend. Yeah. Um, that was on that Friday night, Saturday morning. So, um, unfortunately, I didn't put LinkedIn as my emergency because I didn't have the problem. You're so not even the position. I, I probably would have thought about it. But look, for the free hit, maybe. I th- still think he's a bit of a, uh, a risk being in and out of the team. He might be able to hold his spot now that Jack Martin's out. He, he could come in early and, and play sort of a wing role, given Lemons did okay in the back pocket. But we just don't know. We just don't know at all. Easy. All right, what about the midfield? I'm, I'm one of the coaches who... I'm trying to squeeze a lot of guys into my midfield. Um, you know, I've only got five spots and I'm looking at seven guys. Uh, Mitchie and Tyson. In AFL fantasy, we were locked out before they get to play. So if you had to pick one or the other, who would you go with and who's more likely to get the best? Absolutely. Go with Tyson. No hesitation. Yep. Pay the extra cash? Yeah. They, the Roos will love him. He's an outside play, good ball user. That's the style of play he wants to play now that possession game and uh, Tyson will get plenty of uncontested possessions uncontested marks Mitchie's more of an in and under do the workhorse like Jack Viney and I think Jack Viney and Mitchie will be fine for the same spot although I do think both will fit in the team Yeah, they might be fine for the same spot there so look I hands down no hesitation Tyson over Mitchie alright Tyson you heard it here first Obviously, with the rolling lockout for a real dream team, so you'll be able to see the subs uh, before you have to commit to anyone. Uh, Daniel Curry has been confirmed to make the squad. The squad, mind you, not the actual team, yeah, as you pointed Brad, out. Yeah. Brad Scott said squad, not team. Yeah. So uh, most teams not sort of name a backup tall in, in their emergency. So, look, I don't know. I, I Personally, I think they've got to give games to Curry this year. Otherwise, he's going to look at other opportunities at other clubs. He's like 38 or something. He's been spending all this time. Yeah, it's been a bit of a journey, man. But I think he's about 27, 28. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, he, he can play. There's, there's no doubt on that. It's just... North have got an abundance of tools. And, they and considering they're actually going to play, or thinking about playing Joel Tippett as well, um, yeah, it just baffles me. But uh, Magic's, look, Magic Door's not around. Yeah, and the injury, yeah. Yeah, and he's underdone. So Curry has that R2, obviously a red vest risk, but I expect him to play rounds one and two. Yeah. Uh, not I think everyone has to have him there at R3 or yeah. R4 just because we've got no one else. Derek's obviously didn't make the side last week, so yeah. Yeah, and look, chuck I've him in there. Fraser Thurlow is the other one that has been talked about. I can't see him playing. Bomber Thompson mentioned three young blokes in Ashby, Gleeson, and Zach Merritt as the only three to debut. Yeah. Um, well, that, that actually... 
They said that uh, they're all going with Danaher, and he actually confirmed Danaher and Ryder. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Will be there, right, guys. But that, yeah. obviously, Thurlow is the guy. He's only one Ryder injury away from playing. So if there's you know someone in there that you want to have who could definitely get a game with injury, then that would be the guy. He's also got the advantage of Ruck forward DBP, and you were considering chucking Hale in there for that reason, or, or even just giving yourself the option to do that at a later yeah, day. If there's at the moment, I've still got Thurlow as my half four. Yep. Just, like you said, give me the option later on down the track if I need to. There's Curry, and there's, uh, sorry, not Curry, there's um, David Hale, and there's Charlie Dixon, who um, came off injured, so he might be cheaper down the track. Um, they're, they're the only two real rough forwards that I look at as backups, but because you've only got six forwards, if, back to the days of eight forwards, I probably definitely would have done it. Absolutely. But now six forwards, it's not really an option. And I'm glad only six forwards because it's quite thin down there. Look, we'll get into the premiums. And this is where I'm having so I'm in a couple of troubles with my team. I went away from Loby and I've gone with Ryder. And that's who I've got there at the moment. But I'm nowhere near so. He's had great pre-season numbers. Um, I think he's got over 80 in all three of his NAB challenge games and practice games. I'm not sold on him. And I'm deciding between him and maybe going a little bit cheaper at McAvoy or going extremely cheap over Tom Hickey because we all know that uh, Billy Longo came off with an injury last weekend. And you know, if he doesn't play or if he's out for an extended period of time... Hickey looks pretty good. Um, what's your thoughts? Can you give me a bit of a hand here? Because I'm struggling. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll, I'll put a line through Hickey straight away. I'm just, you know, yeah, you're yeah, not a big fan. I should be talking to you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Hickey at all. He, um, you know, he'll get his 20 hit-outs or whatever and probably, you know, two kicks and five handballs. Yeah. That's about it. But, um, Better than Buddy. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Um, but no, I, look, I wouldn't waste my time with Hickey. Yeah, he'd probably go up in price a little bit, but I, yeah, no, not for me. I guess the good thing about Hickey is he's only priced at 50 odds. So if he gets 50, it's not a disaster. Whereas, you know, if I'm going for someone like a McAvoy, who I don't think has had a great pre-season, despite what people think, I don't think his numbers are as good and his hit out to advantage has been you know, as, as great as people have been uh, making it out to be and also Hawthorne's never relied on having a good Ruckman to win so he could easily be subbed out or just yeah, iced thing, in games yeah, but, the thing with Hawthorne history they sub out their Rucks quite a bit I know Max Bailey had his injury issues but um, in the past but uh, yeah McAvoy to me he looks a lot leaner than last year at the Saints he yeah. was top heavy and that was sort of affecting his fitness yeah. I remember I can't remember who but I remember someone from Hawthorne one of the senior players saying that he's incredibly fit for a Ruckman. Um, if I were you, mate, I would still go Ryder, just because in the past he's been so consistent. No bell chambers, that's but my don't, thought. Yeah, and, but don't lose sleep if you want the extra cash and go make a boy. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Um, the other question I have is, I haven't got a captain yet, and I think you've locked in your captain. Oh, no, you've yes, got, you got CBJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, so I've only got two premium midfielders left, and I've got Chris Marson, who's my smoky. This year, I'm going to pick one guy who you know, probably isn't in everyone's teams, and I've also got Liberatore. So neither of these guys are, are you know, top billing options, and it's I'm losing a bit of sleep over it. Who I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with Liber. Can you sway me the other way? No, no, I'd, I'd go Liber as well out of those two, um, only because he scored 77 drinking points in the quarter. Yeah, he's a guy. The, yeah. the other week. So look, Against um, the bigger ground of Subiaco, he probably won't have as many tackles as he probably normally would, and that worries me a bit. He's currently in my real dream team as well, and the way he was going to play a little bit of possession football like Hawthorne do, he might be a bit of keep me off. 
If it was that Eddie had, I'd definitely lock in Libba. Uh, but yeah, he might see his scores affected slightly. Yeah, but I, um, I think I'm just he's pre he's pre yeah he's pre season form suggests otherwise and yeah. One hundred and thirty nine dream team points per hundred minutes for Libba over the preseason. So I think I'm going to lock and load him and, and leave Marston, uh you know, just uncaptained at the moment. Just take the pressure right off him and see how yeah, he goes. Got a bit of a different team there, mate. Libba and Master. Yeah, I hate being cookie cutter, and this year's no different. Okay, that's all we have time for this week. Let's go uh, quickly get the big call for the week off both of us. Jet, what's yours? Well, uh, in fantasy with a free hit, I've gone uh, Jam Geary. Oh. Thinking, and yeah, some bad blood I, I sense. Uh, uh, you couldn't pay me to put him in my tank. He burned me big time in Ultimate Footy a couple of years ago. Well, let me try to convince him. All right. All right. Yeah, last three games last season, he had 104, 107, and 123. We've got yeah. a depleted St. Kilda list. Yep. No midfielders. You can see him push up in the midfield, I suspect, in rounds one and two, three. Uh, so I'm expecting a 100-plus score from him. What's he priced at? Just, he just is... Like, what sort of value are we getting 383, from 383, 800. So in the defence, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe. <laughs> so he's in there for your AFL fantasy, obviously, not your real brain tank. No, yeah, yeah. absolutely not. I mean, free hit only, and this is where the free hit's been pretty fun for myself and... Uh, yeah, you can have players like that. I've got Master in there as well and Drew Petrie and a couple of others. I think it has been a win, the, the free hit. We've talked about it every time that we've been on the podcast and I've come around to it more and more each week. I'm liking it, especially the especially. difference between Real Dream Team and AFL Fantasy yeah. really sets them apart as different competitions. Absolutely, especially now with all the um, subtle changes you've had to make to your teams, I'm liking the free hit. Uh, might be call of the week and it is quite a big pull. I reckon someone from Melbourne we average 100 plus this year. This hasn't happened since 2006 when Cam Bruce, an old dream <laughs> team favourite, he averaged like 101.2 back then. You know, there's been guys uh, ever since, like Maloney, 88 in 2009. Green had 97 and 98 in 08 and, um, and 10 respectively. Look, it's just, they're just bereft of, of midfielders, of, of decent midfielders there, and they have been for a long time. So I think with Paul Roos in there, a couple of uh, new guns in there, like Bernie Vincent, Daniel Cross... I think it could be done. I think this year might be the year maybe, where Melbourne maybe, actually get something. Maybe better. junior in Don Tyson himself. Oh, well, I want to sneak your juniors in there. Always looking, for, <laughs> always looking to get your name involved. All right, guys, I think that's it from us. Um, obviously, catch up with all us and the, and the rest of the team at DT Talk whenever you can over the week. You can follow us on Twitter at tbetter 9 and at JeppaDT. Any last words, mate? No, I just enjoy the second half of round one and uh, let's lock our teams away and get ready for a big year. That's right. If there's anything like the first half of round one, it'll be a cracker. Cheers, guys. See ya.